if you can't do either one of those, you have neg negligently sent around downrange. Yes. Welcome to Whiskey, Lead, and Steel, Feelings Hurt While You Wait, the official podcast of Aggressive Defensive Solutions. I'm Lee Curling, and this is Rick Sutton. And Rick, before we start, I think you have something you want to say. I do. First things I'd like to say is uh, I'd like to say a big shout out to uh, the W3, Women with Weapons Shooting Club out of Virginia Beach, Virginia. Uh, great bunch of ladies, fantastic folks. Um, they are where the next generation of Bo-Katan and uh, Valeria from Conan the Barbarian are coming from. They're badasses, man. You're right. They are a pack of shield maids. And they gave us the official caffeine magazine. I was going to call it a whiskey magazine, but Lee said that there's too much space here for whiskey, so he was hating on the Irish. But great cup, great bunch of ladies, great bunch of shield maidens. Love to see them out on the range. And I'd like to throw a shout out to our buddy Ron... Uh, Ellers. Uh, if you happen to be in the Charleston, South Carolina area and you want to get some good training, um, Ron was in the Marine Corps with me and then he was in the Army. Uh, he was a Portsmouth cop and then he uh, went and became a federal agent. And he was a he was a crew uh, instructor with us uh, for quite some time mm -hmm. and we had a blast with him. Then he got a really good job teaching down at Fletzy in Charleston and now he is available to train you if you happen to be in the area. So if you're not able to make it to Virginia Beach and train with us, and you're down in South Carolina, step in and see Ron. He's a great dude. So shout out to him. All right. Thank you. you. Wanna, I appreciate uh, that. You, you, want, you want to throw out his, his website? Oh, yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, that is Paratus Protective Services. I'll Correction. ParatusProtective.com. Dot com. Dot com. Paratusprotective.com. Dot 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 I'll, I'll, put, I'll put a link in the, uh, in the cool. description. Cool, yeah. So. Technical right. guy. <laughs> Ground pounder dude. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. All right, so, so we're, we got a couple of questions that, that, that we that Thanks we had. to the W3. Yeah, yeah they sent us some yeah, questions, most, as always. Most, yep, yep all, all W3 questions. So um, so let's go back. And, I figure we can just go back and forth. So Absolutely. the first question is um, that was asked is, you know, what or whom... Um, should we read from a, from a gunfighting or, or just gun, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And why? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the list of guys that I've got here right now is kind of an older list. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, and I'm going to make the 1911 crowd happy here. Hey, look, just because it's, it's an old piece of work does not mean that it's irrelevant. I mean. It could be less relevant. Kind of irrelevant. <laughs> anyway, so uh, first and foremost, uh, the first, and, and I've read, I've read articles and books um, by all of these folks. I find them to be really good reads, um, and the information, even if some of it's dated, only because of the mechanics of what they're talking about, like mm -hmm. they, like Elmer Keith's talking about shooting revolvers. Well, a gunfight is a gunfight is a gunfight. It's it's a fight, right? So, first and foremost, uh, I strongly recommend Jeff Cooper. Um, Jeff Cooper was the guy who created Gunsight. He's responsible for the Cooper color code. Both of those were trend-setting and game-changing things. Um, the Principles of Personal Defense, pretty good read. I've got a copy of it. Um, to ride, shoot straight, and speak the truth. Dude, you ought to read that just because of the fucking title, right? Yeah. Um, and then uh, the complete book of modern handgunning. 
I think he wrote it in the 60s. A lot of the fighting aspect and the, and the psychological aspect of it is, is very, very relevant uh, if the methodology is not necessarily what we're up to. Um, then another big guy. This is, this is, this is another guy who's a game changer. Uh, Jim Cirillo, C-I-R-R-C-I-R-I-L-L. Mm-hmm. So, uh, New York City's most famous gunfighter. I mean, he's, he's the guy who came up with the stakeout squad, all kinds of stuff. Um, he wrote a book called Guns, Bullets, and Gunfights. Fantastic read. Lots of good information. And then there's a, a book about him, um, about gunfighting that somebody else wrote. Damn good read. Bill Jordan, no second place winner. This is one of the original combative mindset things. Bill Jordan was a uh, border patrol guy and a, a deputy sheriff down in Texas in like the 30s and 40s. Um, cool stories. Elmer Keith. Uh, the best one that I like that he wrote that I think is most applicable today is Hell, I Was There. Elmer Keith is the guy who gave us the 44 Magnum. Pretty damn cool, right? Uh-huh. Um, and then, of course, no modern writing about combative mindset and deadly force reading would would be complete without talking about Dave Grossman. Oh, no, absolutely not. Yeah, right. Colonel Grossman, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I mean, the, some of the definitive work, especially in the modern era. Mm-hmm. So, to that end, you've got On Killing, mm-hmm. his first book, On Combat, the second one, and then Warrior Mindset. I've mm-hmm. read all three of them. Um, on combat, uh, on killing. Yeah, on killing. I bought that at a street survival seminar. Mm-hmm. Uh, on combat, we, we, we might have gone to that one together. I think we did. We, we went to a couple of those. Way, but on way, combat, way, way I, back. Yeah. I filched from my stepdad's library. Mm-hmm. I may or may not still have that, yeah. um, or I may have given it to John McLucky. Who knows? Um, and then, last but not least, there's a lot of stuff that Masada Yub has written. Um, mm-hmm. And Masada, you of course, he's he's in the digital age now. Um, lots of good material out there. I say this. These are all good reads. There's a whole bunch of good stuff out there. Mark Lonsdale has written a bunch of good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, understand that le- most of these books were written in a time when everybody was carrying wheel guns, where they were carrying 1911s. Mm-hmm. Um, body armor was not prevalent. Hell, so body armor wasn't even a thing right um and so some of the tactics were driven by that and some of the concepts were driven by that but by and large a lot of the psychological and and intellectual stuff really comes into play um so i I strongly recommend all of those um and then what about you is any of the stuff that you yeah well like i said you know when you talk about dave dave grossman that's 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 really you know, that would have been my my kind of my kind of go-to because yeah. that was the that that 80s 90s mm-hmm. you know gunfighting you know yeah. style from from a law enforcement standpoint i mean that's that's you know when you get into like street survival those, yeah. those seminars right that's yeah. that's caliber you know, press caliber press right that was the because because you know there was nobody was doing stuff on a, on no. a large you know none of those no. were, were, were large yeah large print yeah you know volumes but and and, and unless you had the money to go to like Mid South yeah. or Gunsight, Caliber Press seminars were, were they the were, best they were, they were the ones, right? Well, you get the twenty-one foot rule, right? You, yeah. There was a <sighs> Dave I... Grossman. Anybody who talks about sheepdogs and sheepdog response, yeah, Dave Grossman's Grossman. the guy who came up with that. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, and uh, 
I was going through and I found a video, VHS video from one of those. Oh wow! Um, and it's it's the biker, you know, sitting on his sitting on his hog and unscrews the, the gas unscrews the gas cap and it's got dagger the, in it. the dagger in it. Yeah, so you know exactly what I'm talking about, yep. right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Turns around and jams him right square in the heart, right? Yep. And it's a right all all about the mindset. Yeah, right. All about mindset yep. and. Um, and and, I, and and you're right. I mean, that's it's funny because as you were you going through there, all I could think of was when um, our buddy fridge operator said, you know, in, in, in a video that we had uh, we had done together, he's like, they're kind of old school. <laughs> Rick's well, list. Rick's list shows. Yeah, we're kind of kind of old school. Um, but, it, but you're right. I mean, things have changed, but things, you know, so, look, I, I think going back to some of those early works to, to see where things things are, again, it was I said it in one of the other other podcasts, most works are derivative. Yeah. Right? Most works are derivative. So going back and seeing some of the, the early original stuff that was, was really innovative, yeah. right? And then you can flip forward and see some of the derivative works from that and then having the history of it I think really helps set certain things in in context yeah and and, and also understand that again not everything not everything new is is better yeah. right and and some of the derivative works are just for the sake of being derivative and maybe if we went back to the original we, we might have gotten some some better some you know we might see some some better better performance that because there there are some folks out there who are not reinventing the wheel but they are trying to sell you the new and improved very smooth square mm-hmm because they're yeah. in the sales business right. right I'm a capitalist I don't believe I, I don't have any heartburn with that but mm-hmm you know, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna package something up that we know what it is and tell you that it's something else no. to try to sell it to you. And, and that, that's good. So I, I'll put a link to those. Um, in the, cool. Yeah. Or at least the, the, all the titles and, and the, the authors in the, yeah. in the description. And, you know, I, I think other than just um, reading, um, look, we, we we've moved to being a, a YouTube generation, but from a, a legality standpoint, um, the two. The, the two channels that, that, that I kind of watch on a, on a more regular basis is uh, armed attorneys. Mm-hmm. There's a pair of attorneys out of out of Texas yeah. who do a, a great job of of don't do stupid shit, yeah. right? You know, um, this will get you thrown in jail. Yep. Um, a lot of a lot of what we talk about, they're attorneys, they're practicing attorneys. I'm not a practicing attorney. You are not a practicing attorney. No, I was baptized. Right? <laughs> So, so you know, with, with that being said, right? They, you know, they're, they're looking at it from a, from a, a similar but 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 different vein, right? Because because they're they're looking they're, at it from another angle. They're looking at it at, at right, um, and they they will go into depth on some of the um, legislation that's out there, um, and and will go into depth of, of you know chances of something making it to the Supreme Court or getting it through the uh, circuit courts, getting it through some of the en banc panels and those things, based on. Precedence and based on so, but they're also very good about um, saying it in a in a layman friendly manner, yeah. and I think that's that's kind of the key. Yeah. There's a lot of people out there that just just 
chip their teeth, right? And, and use a lot of big words. Use a lot of big words. Often. Try to press impress people. Um, the the other person is Arm Scholar. Yeah. Who he um, works for one of the the Second Amendment groups out there as as a as a, as a lawyer. But again, lawyer. Um, he does some very detailed breakdown of things and, and he uses big words but he doesn't use big words to impress you he just uses big words because they're the big words yeah. so but it, it's generally it's um generally they're 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 releasing content on a, on a pretty regular basis on on what's what's facing us cool. so um different different take on that um you know this is this that's that's gun fighting some of some of this other is, is kind of the legal aspects of of things and also um, like i said arm scholar is is he he is almost specifically towards law, yeah. or gun law. Mm-hmm. Um, arms attor- armed attorneys, or they do some gun law, and they also do some some self defense aspects of you know things you shouldn't do. Well, right? You got to win the gunfight. You have to win the gunfight, and then you got to win the cases, and then, and then you got to get on with your life. That's right. Absolutely. All right. So uh, I think I was pretty good. A good rundown on that. Good good list of stuff to read and. If anybody out there has anything that they want to recommend, shoot us a uh, email at info at agdefsol.com so we can uh, get it up there. Mm-hmm. Right? All right. So next question uh, that came in to us was, so how important are night sights on an everyday carry gun? This is, we're not talking about typically for cops, but this is that mm-hmm. standard issue. But for John Q. Citizen concealed weapon permit carrier, how important are night sights? What yeah, do you think? I, I, I'm going to have to go back and go, I, I, I did sit with, with Adrian, and he, Blactical, and, and you know, he's, he is all about lighting up tonight, right? Yes. So he is, he is a light on his EDC guy, um, you know, agree or disagree with that, um, but, you know, I, I do think one of the things that he said is the ability to identify a target is important. Uh, I think the ability to see your sights is equally as important. Yes. Um, because you need to be able to do both of those things yeah. in order from a defensive yeah. si- from a defensive standpoint, you as a civilian, I'm defending myself, mm-hmm. you have to be able to identify your sights. Yeah. And you have to be able to identify your target mm-hmm. before you press the trigger. Yes. If you can't do either one of those, you have neg- negligently sent around downrange. Yes. Right. And by downrange, I mean um, away. Yeah, away from you. Away, away from you, and not on an actual range, on the two-way range. Um, so I, I do think. Again, I've switched to a red dot. Um, I think that, that having night sights, I'm going to squirm a little bit and, 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 and be a little waffly. I'm going to pretend to be a politician for a second. Um, you mean like somebody who's running for the governor of Virginia? Yeah, maybe. Right in Canada. <laughs> So, so I, I, you know, I, I think that that the the ability to be able to identify your target is is what's critical. Yes. Um, being able to identify your your sights in low light, 
critical. Mm. Um, and we know that the vast majority of defensive encounters are, are in low light. In low light. So I, I, I want to be careful when I say night sights in that I, I think you need to be able to have sights that you can identify in low light. Um, sometimes when I hear the term night sights, I, 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 I think back and I get some other people that pull back into the night shooting in the military where it is pitch black, right? So being able to identify your sights because they're, they glow in the dark and you can't see your target, I do not think that that's going to help you out because you can't identify your target. So I'm going to say I think that they're important as I've gone and waffled back and forth. I do think they're important because you need to be able to because most encounters are in low light, but I do think that we need to be careful in, in setting the expectation of how low light can you actually effectively return fire. So I, 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 I'm going to not waffle at all. You're not. I know you're not going to waffle right? at all. And, and I am going to, um, I'm going to partially depart from, okay. from your concern on this one. So first things first. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I'm going to address is is the how important are they? Well, the fundamentals of marksmanship require that you are able to get a good sight picture before you start sending rounds mm-hmm. toward the target. If you can't identify the sights, if you can't line the sights up, you can't get a good sight picture. Mm-hmm. Now, if you are blazing away in the Stygian darkness, but you can see your light, you can see your sights, you're wrong. If you can't identify that your target is in fact a threat, then you got no business shooting it. So you shouldn't be shooting into the blackness and going, well, I can see my light, I can see my sights. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to see your sights so that when asked about it, you can say, yes, I, I had a viable site reference. That's how I managed to shoot the target and not the anything else around it, right? Um, from a flashlight standpoint, from a light on your gun for the average, not even for the average, for the everyday carry, if you are carrying, if you're not a cop and you're not in the military and you are therefore not pursuing bad guys into the dark, mm-hmm. I think, based on observation, that it adds too much time, energy, and effort to your draw and presentation and first shot for you to monkey with a light. I, I, I will which, is, which is why I also don't like external lasers, because we found that you spend way too much time looking for the red dot when in fact you could just get a sight picture. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think putting the light on the gun so that you can light up the target, which if the target is completely lighted, well then shooting with blacked out sights is no big deal. Mm-hmm. But I think realistically, if you're if you're talking about from a defensive standpoint, real world defensive stand real world defensive shooting is halitosis distance. Mm-hmm. Which means that speed is more important than being able to tell what color shirt the guy's wearing. 
being able to see your sights and get a good sight reference is more important to me than putting a flashlight on the gun. So I'm a big believer in at least a, a glow-in-the-dark front sight. Mm -hmm. um, but I think you might as well just get all three. Mm -hmm. um, and that's... And when I first became a cop, right, when I first carried a gun, we had the newest, coolest Novak three white dot sights. Mm -hmm. there, there were no... Nobody had tritium at that time, right? Um, since I've been able to put tritium sights on my guns, all of the guns that I carry have, have tritium sights. sights. Mm -hmm. um, and if you're carrying a red dot... That's essentially a tritium. It's, right. it's, it's mm -hmm. the same thing. So if you have a red dot, mm -hmm. it's the same thing as having night, night. sights. Right. Um, and if you're carrying a red dot because um, you're you're older than 29, and so it helps you see, mm -hmm. rock on. Um, so in my in my humble opinion, for what it's worth, um, yeah, your defensive gun should have night sights on it, and not necessarily a flashlight. Hopefully Adrian doesn't come beat me up. Well, Adrian wouldn't beat me up, but he might send like a virus to my computer. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. And, I and, wouldn't notice that. And, you know, and, and <laughs> <laughs> ah, jokes on you, Adrian. I don't work a computer well enough to know if it's broke. <laughs> and, uh, and and I agree. Yeah. I, my my waffle in there was was the the not wanting to. I do not the have night slides on that good. <laughs> On that cannon. <laughs> all, right. all right, so um, all right. So, so you talked about you know pursuing people into the darkness. Oh that, yeah. That that kind of lends to this last question. All right, batting down the hatches. That, that, Brace yourself that, for heavy rolls. That somebody from W three cent of going, it's a defense. It, it sounded like it was a defensive handgun, and was like, what is the one? What is one man CQC? In defensive handgun. Yeah. What um, they said was, I saw this advertised. Okay. And I wasn't yeah, yeah, sure yeah. what it was. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me what it was? Okay. Um, so, so what are your your initial your your what what is your just your initial thought there? So my my initial thought about what is one man CQC. Um, I believe what they're talking about is single person room or building clearing for the civilian operator. You know, the defensive carry guy who's uh, come home and uh, notices that the back door is ajar, so he's going to jock up and go in the building and, and clear his house himself. Um, I believe that's what they're talking about. So, and, so, so let's, let's, let's CQC. Close quarters Close. combat. Okay. That's what CQC stands for. So, Close so, quarters combat. So in in a in, in a either a law enforcement realm mm -hmm. or a military realm, mm -hmm. CQC is entering into a confined space mm -hmm. with the intent of killing people on the inside. I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go there right generally. It, well, but, but, but not, not necessarily. It's it's knowingly and intentionally going against or reasonably going against an armed prepared foe. Right. Yes. Right. But but it but it 
inherently involves a number of skills Ooh, yes. that, that involve it, it involve breaching doors. It involves entering work, how you, working work, halls, work, work doors, yeah, working, working halls, wells. working doorways. Yep. Uh, working entry into rooms, um, patterns going into rooms. Yep. Uh, a huge number of very complex skill sets, and and we kind of had a discussion about this way back, right? Yeah. Of, of the, and I think that my my ending statement on that is I did that for twenty years, mm-hmm. and standing in you know standing in a stack was still a scary thing, yeah. right? Because it is really dangerous. And it's really, really hard. Yes. But we worked in teams, mm-hmm. right, of, of multiple individuals, mm-hmm. right? Depending on the organizational, there was there was always something because there's always, <laughs> you always had rear security, yeah. right? You always had entry. You always had, there, there, there's, there's a number of defined jobs. Now, so when I hear the term one man CQC Poser. and 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 defensive handgun, I, I I wonder I wonder is it is it trying to create a sexy term for hear me out. We all know. When we hear the bump of the night, as a civilian, as a defensive carry, your job is to go to the door, lock your bedroom door, barricade yourself in, call the police. Who actually know how actually, to fucking do this. Right. <laughs> that's, that's, that's it, right? Now, we, we, that, that is, that is the, the, the path to not getting yourself sued into homelessness is most likely that. Yes. Because when the person kicks in your bedroom door, you got a pretty good chance with the jury of having a decent attorney in the civil case, Mm -hmm. because you won't go to criminal for that, to go, no one will kick in someone's bedroom door in in a living space unless they intend harm on the person on the other side. Yep. And most jurors at that point are going to go, yep. yeah, you're absolutely right. If someone yep. kicked in my door, I would, I would, I would be afraid yes. for my life too. Yes. You jock up and you go running through your house like, Get my like, carry on, right, like, like, like Rambo. Turn my head around backwards, right, like you know, you know, John, John Wick, John, yeah. John Wick, JV. So, so you are, you're then, you're then going on on, on the the offense mm-hmm. right now. Castle Doctrine, all kinds of stuff. You may be legally okay to do certain things, but I'm, I'm gonna, but I'm gonna again. I'm gonna, I'm gonna walk back a little bit and go. Maybe, maybe this is just a sexy term for the. You know what? I have kids in my house, so I need to move outside of my bedroom move forward so I can protect the other members of my family so I can collect them up. Maybe that is. is in, in a defensive handgun class, is that reasonable training? 
teach somebody enough to go, here's how you can get out of your bedroom to collect up other members of your family that you're responsible for. I am going to defer. I'm gonna I'm gonna give my opinion, mm-hmm. and in my opinion, I'm going to defer to the opinion of the training cadre, cadre of the OSS Jedbergs. Right? Okay. And here's what they said. We stand a better chance of breaking them, teaching them how to be parachutists, than if we just push them out the airplane the only time they ever need to do it. I think, based on what I've seen, that if you take John Q. Citizen and you spend five hours theoretically teaching him how to work a hall, work a door, work a ladder well, do all the cool CQC stuff and pull his gun into position sewel and look over his shoulder and say shit like clear and, you know, moving, shit like that. Um, This is one man, so he doesn't have to say anything. Yeah. Well, then why would he? But anyway, so I think spending the time to do that You'd actually be better off teaching him how to shoot and shoot while moving and tell him, if this is what you have to do, there is no, there's no cool sexy shit to it. Here's what you do. You know the room you have to go to. Mm -hmm. Get your gun out, go down the middle of the hall to that room, close the door, lock the door, call 911. That's all. That's all you should teach them because... All of this other stuff that is necessary to do CQC, number one, you can't you can't teach it in a day, right? Period. You can't teach it in a day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you run a very serious risk when you go, hey, come out, I'm going to teach you one man CQC. When that guy leaves, because mm-hmm. he gave the instructor a bunch of money and the instructor told him he was a really cool dude, he now thinks... He's qualified to do that. He can clear his house. Yeah, which right. means that that's like going, okay, well, um, you, you went to the surf camp. Mm-hmm. You went to the two-day surf camp in Virginia Beach in July when there aren't any waves. So clearly when you're on vacation, you, can go to you should go to the, the North winter. Shore and surf Diamond Head because mm-hmm. you've been taught how to surf. Mm-hmm. Um, so my initial opinion on what is CQC, one-man CQC is that it's bullshit mm-hmm. um because i'm a cynic mm-hmm. right so I, right off the get-go where i go is this is some marketing bullshit come take my one-man cqc and buy some amway toothpaste for me yeah no I, I so cqc well first of all there is there is no there is no real one-man cqc not so, not, not so let, you, let, let, yeah. let me say so there there is no paramilitary training on one-man CQC. Almost beg to differ. And here's Mm -hmm. where. Mm -hmm. So, in the 31 years that I was a cop, 27 years that I was in the military, I never intentionally did forced entry against a likely, likely, likely opposition with less than two people. Did a lot of it as two people, the optimal, the, the minimum optimal number is four, realistically. That said, 
There is some, and this is not for the EDC carrier. This is military and law enforcement, military and law enforcement only. There is some legitimacy to the concept of in an active shooter, if your backup is five minutes out, you go by yourself, charging, not tactically stealthily moving, not stealth to contact, you charge to the sound of the guns by yourself, putting it all at risk, and that's what you do. But that's not EDC. That's, that, yeah. that, that, that's and, not CQC. And, and I was going to say, that's not, not actually CQC. No, it's not. And, that's, and, that, and that, that becomes my point. Right? Yes. I would have made that argument that you just made. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. But but it's good. I'm 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 glad we're we are in violent agreement yeah. that that's that's not CQC. No. Right. Um. And I would say you engaging in CQC as a defensive carrier. You were CQC is an inherently offensive. Yeah. Right. It's inherently offensive. Yeah. And and we've said this before. If you engage in offensive activity and you kill someone, mm-hmm. you cannot claim self-defense when you are on the offense. Yeah. Because self-defense, by its nature, says, I killed this person. I shot this person. I maimed this person. Right? I engaged in deadly force <coughs> against this person. Yep. Right? I did that. But... But there's mitigating stance, mitigating circumstances that allow me to claim self-defense mm-hmm. for the what would in any other situation be a crime. Yep. And when yep. you cross the line and you go, I'm going on the offense. And if you say, well, I took this close quarters combat class. You better hope that I am not the expert witness on the other side of the bench. Can you imagine Because I'm going to eat all of your breath. Can you imagine what the prosecutor would bring for, <laughs> for, for visual references if they go, oh, you took a one-man close quarters combat course? Well, yeah. I, I did some training on close quarters combat, and then they start to proceed to show actual CQC training mm-hmm. of actual people actually engaging in breaching doors and kicking through doors and going, this this guy's crazy. Yeah. Because yeah. that's what the prosecutors are gonna say yep. when they want when they want to convict you, that person's crazy. That person is trying to kill somebody. Yep. They even took the classes to learn how to do it. That's right. Um, put their race I'm, gun on. I'm, put their race I, gun on and their appendix rig. I, you know, I'll be honest. I I didn't think I would get so spun up on that. I figured you would. And and again, we talked about you know various mm-hmm. things in there. Uh, a, a a guy whose opinion matters to me has said several times in my presence. You know, just because you can do something doesn't mean that you should do that thing. This is true. Yes, yeah. this, this is true. Right. So um, I kind of brings us. Brings us down towards towards the end. Yeah. Um, I I know. At the end, probably somebody's feeling got hurt because because they want to go do I, some some really high care. speed CQC stuff. But, um, and, and 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 here's a question that I've got, and I, I didn't ask the person who asked this, but I wanted to find out where this school was because mm-hmm. here's my question. Um, 
If you are learning SWAT tactics or military tactics, right? If you're learning, if you're learning CQC, mm -hmm. then you presumably should be learning CQC from actual practitioners of it. Mm -hmm. People who have gone into harm's way and are doing this shit mm -hmm. or did this for a living. Um, so that means it's military or law enforcement in all likelihood. But what military or law enforcement organization is letting civilians come through their training? And if they're not a military or law enforcement agency and they're teaching CQC and they're teaching it to civilians, what exactly is their background? Did they, as a civilian, take a CQC course sometime or were they actually door kickers, military or law enforcement? Mm -hmm. Which gets us back to the whole gravitas no, thing. No, no, you're, no, you're instructor. Yeah, no, you're instructor. No, no, you're instructor. Is your instructor the real deal or... Is he a LARPer? It's a live animal LARPer. Live animal LARPer. All right. So I think that brings us to the end. I think it does. I think it does. So if your feeling got hurt, um, hit the hit the um, hit the unlike button twice to make sure it sticks. Uh, other than that, you should hit a like button, yeah. or a follow button, or a subscribe button, or any other button that's on there yeah. that that you know makes us show up in your feed. Yeah. And if you disagree vehemently, mm -hmm. send us your thoughts. And if they're well put together, you can come in here and sit with us and explain to us why we're wrong and why we don't know what the fuck we're talking about. That probably hurt somebody's feelings. Uh, that I probably will. Okay. But but if but if you're gonna if you're going to to defend. Um, Close quarters combat. Um, you're, you're you're gonna as, yeah. as as a single person. You're 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 probably gonna have a hard time. Yeah. Because I'm I'm gonna argue semantics with you probably. All right. Well, I think that's that brings us to the end. A second time. There you so, go. Be good. Be safe. Yep. Have a good one. Understand that most of these books were written in a time when everybody was carrying wheel guns where they were carrying 1911s. Mm -hmm. um, body armor was not prevalent. Hell, so body armor wasn't even a thing. Right. Um, and so some of the tactics were driven by that and some of the concepts were driven by that.